everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married, where we discuss your favorite horror films and maybe some you've never heard of. I'm Ashley. And I'm Travis. And today we're going to be talking about the 2013 anthology film, All Hell is Eve. Written and directed by Damon Leone, this was his first outing as a feature director. And this film is... <laughs> brought up to mixed results but one thing that we cannot deny was that it gave us possibly one of the best current movie monsters we've gotten to date being art the clown so travis how do you feel about all hallows eve um i feel bad about <laughs> reviewing this film <laughs> so we talked about because i really like terrifier <laughs> And I really, I think Damien Leone is, we get to meet him. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have those feelings about this movie. I still, yeah, I still maintain that I would go to war for Damien Leone and David Howard Thornton. But um, you can definitely tell this was his first outing because this film is all over the place. Well... So the first entry or whatever is a short, right? And I think the reach around story with the babysitter, I think that crap is uh, was shot for this film. But the alien part, spoilers, was the only thing they actually shot for this film. Right. Yeah. And they're all of varying quality. And so it kind of messes with the pacing. It's, it's kind of a jarring movie. And I have actually heard it kind of called out for being boring in places, which... I'm not necessarily inclined to disagree with. I think that the reason it has, if it has gained cult status, I think that is simply hinging on Art the Clown himself. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the wraparound story at all. The first segment was a short film called The Ninth Circle, I believe. Right. got incorporated mm -hmm. into this. It was one of his early short films. The middle segment had an alien in it, and I don't <laughs> know where that came from, and honestly, that's kind of where they lost me. Um, the last segment, though, I Terrifier. thought- Terrifier. It's it's good. Like, yeah. He's scary in that. He's, yeah. He, I don't know. We talked about this. There's something about the way Mike Ginelli plays Art the Clown that's just totally different from the way David Howard Thornton does, uh -huh. in that I think Thornton's, is, he's a lot more comical, and I, I think he's scary because he's so gleeful uh, while he's killing you. But there's something a little bit more intimidating, I think, about Mike Ginelli's Art the Clown. Um, a little more serious. Uh, yeah, Why I guess. Why so serious? I guess we can get into that when we start talking about performances. But for now, I, I guess that's the only thing is it, it kind of reminds me of an interview I heard with uh, Clive Barker once where he was talking about uh, people who went in to see Hellraiser. Yes, they're watching this family turmoil and drama. And what they ended up walking out with was check out that guy with the pins in his head. I think it's the same thing here where you kind of had stuff that was kind uh, it's it's okay, but that clown was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this he art clowns the takeaway mm -hmm. definitely from the film. As far as being boring, I know you, you just mentioned it, a lot of people said they were boring. The first one, I just like I. I don't know what was going on in the first episode, really. I mean, I do know what was going on. It just didn't engage me. Mm -hmm. But the aliens where they lost me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably where they lost everybody. Because that one... I can I, only think of one positive thing about the alien segment. And that's the very end. <laughs> I think that his weird, like, underwater swim walking, dancing... <laughs> crap that the alien was doing what the fuck what was that uh, well we'll jump into it but, but travis why don't you why don't you take us through our specs right quick before we dive into this okay all right so i think you already covered it this movie came out in 2013 it's rated a 5.1 out of 10 on imdb and 33 percent on rotten tomatoes i can't completely disagree with that um, it was directed by Damien Leone, written by Damien Leone. And if you watch the end credits, it, he did basically every other thing on this film. Uh, Katie McGuire plays Sarah. She's the babysitter. And I really feel like that's probably the only one to talk about right now, other than Mike Ginelli. He plays Art the Clown in this film. Um, a lot of the people that were in this film had a lot of heavy makeup effects, or they really just weren't in it for very long. So that's about it. Other thing to note, I guess, is that it still has uh, an hour and a half runtime. And after the middle of the film, you can feel it. So can you remember the first time you watched it? No, no, not really. Honestly. I can. Um, I was watching this alone. And this before we moved to the current house right now, I was watching it alone in our bedroom um, with all the lights off, which was probably a mistake. Because I remember going through and everything being fine. And I was getting through the movie. But then it got to that one second 
segment where they were breaking the fourth wall with art. And I remember just like being super creeped out and feeling like, you know, you're you're an adult, but at the same time, you kind of have that second of, uh, it, am I the only one seeing this? Is this is this me? Am I imagining this? So yeah, it, it definitely uh, left an impression the first time, I'll say. So um, how do you feel? Okay, let, I guess let's break this down story by story. Uh, and let's start with uh, the ninth circle. So if my opinion, if I were going to say that there was another one that was semi-decent, it would probably be this one and it's not necessarily for the subway demon which baby sacrificing stuff I don't even know how you describe that story um so much is art the clown I think with what he set up in that first segment we kind of got to see those trademark behaviors that he would be more popular for later and I really enjoyed that part of it I guess as far as the subway stuff it felt kind of predictable kind of felt like it was telegraphed a little bit and while I appreciate kind of that gothic horror type thing of, I don't know maybe maybe gothic's the wrong word um <laughs> I'm having a hard time trying to explain this story it's basically we get a chick in the subway who ends up getting drugged by Art the Clown and then she ends up with in the in a subway or whatever I don't even know if that's the right place for that matter with two other girls that have been captured and she wants to be proactive and find a way out and these girls start getting picked off one by one until we find that they're the devils basically knocking them up so that they can sacrifice their children and drink baby blood i don't know if that's right i think you got it okay yeah i think that's that sounds right except his lips are really chapped the <laughs> devil needs some chapstick or a drink of water or something or he's extremely thirsty and i don't mean in the actual thirst way because he's just like <laughs> this was something I noticed watching Creep Show in uh, the something to tide you over segment that when Ted Danson is buried up to his neck, his tongue had a mind of its own. It just kind of like it was like Jabba the Hut in his face, <laughs> just like and this guy that was playing quote the devil was the same way. It was just his tongue was all over the place and it was really distracting and I couldn't take him seriously. So you mean you don't you don't do that? No, just stand there with your mouth slightly open moving your tongue around inside your mouth no like, i mean good because i don't either but for some reason people in movies do it i don't understand that so yeah um the makeup and the masks the creatures weren't bad i know people have varying opinions on what which masks look good um there was a kind of a creepy bird mask in i mean, i found it kind of disturbing looking there was another one that looked like uh momo that old internet cryptid thing um, or creepypasta, I'm sorry. Um, but the devil just looked okay and the witches looked okay. A lot of it looked like um, masks you would find at Spirit Halloween. Now, now, provided the more expensive masks, obviously, not not the $15 masks, but the $60 ones. So it's not like they were the worst masks ever, but, you know, it wasn't... I think all of us who are fans of Damien Leone at this part know what he's capable of, um, special effects wise. So this kind of feels like a letdown a little bit. I mean, at least that's how I feel. And the story, like I said, there's just not much to write home about. I think this is the shortest segment of the three. And it just, I don't know. Like I said it's, it's better than what we get next, but it's still not great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they saved a lot of their budget for some of the, the maybe some of the bigger effects. Because, yeah, there was one of them, uh, one of the, the masks that you were talking about. looks like, uh, was it Jeff the Killer? He's a creepypasta. Yeah. And it looked, I'm pretty sure we saw that mask at Spirit of Halloween. Mm -hmm. So, but they, you know, they, most, they didn't have a budget for hardly any of these films. Right. So, I mean, I get it. You do what you can with what you got. And uh, clearly, Leon is a very talented special effects artist. So, not disappointed. I think just budget constraints yeah. uh, created yeah, exactly. a lot of the issue in that first one and acting and i know we'll talk about acting but and the set is is actually pretty creepy i mean going through his filmography he has a really good eye for a creepy set i mean if it's an old boiler room or in this case like i said like under the city or something he can set the stage pretty well to make you uneasy and uncomfortable so nothing wrong there absolutely yeah he just needs the money 
to do it. Yeah. Well, I think that's why uh, Terrifier 2 ended up being as popular as it was because he was given the means to do more of what he wanted to do. And I think it was really reflected in the finished product. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm seeing that uh, the the first entry, it was set in Seaview Hospital, Staten Island, New York. So, okay. yeah, creepy. Also, I mean, even though the stuff, you know, looks cheap and maybe the effects aren't as great, uh, I believe that Damien Leone also edited this film. And I would say that his editing skills are really good, too, because I think he got really creative in, okay, maybe this effect is not going to look as great as I want it to. So a lot of a lot of the kills are actually implied. I don't think we get to the truly gory stuff until Terrifier. So, yeah, I think he got really creative in what he showed the audience and what he didn't show the audience kind of based on those budget constraints. So I'm, it's okay. I'm, it's, it's not the worst one of the three, but it's, it's okay. Okay. So tell me about the second one. Oh my God. (laughs) This, I don't understand what this was at all because to me, this was so left field from everything else in terms of the aesthetic and the overall feeling of, well, lack of feeling of dread, I guess, in this case. And ultimately, this one ended up annoying me more than anything else. And it wasn't I don't know that I necessarily found it boring like other viewers did, but it was just, it's one of those, it feels like a Birdemic movie where you sit down to show other people exactly how ridiculous it is. So the premise of this one is, is we have a girl who just moved out to, I guess, the country with her husband or boyfriend and is unpacking and she gets a case of the Alone at Night Willies, which, you know, is relatable. I think we've all been there at some point. But and it, it, she has this, what looks like an alien crash landing, except it looks more like fairy light or something. <laughs> it kind of explode like in the vicinity of her house. And from there, we have like a cat and mouse between her and an alien, uh, one of your traditional gray aliens uh, well, going. It was the mask of a gray. R- right. But I mean, the face underneath suggests that it looks the same because it's the same shape. Okay, well, does to me, not to you. Moving on. Um, <laughs> um, but they just kind of go through. And if I'm being really honest, I'm not sure if I remember what happened to her. I don't know that it shows. Maybe it's ambiguous because the last thing I remember is that she's been terrified. Uh-huh. Pun intended. Not intended. Um, she's been afraid of this painting that her boyfriend made that apparently he had an, he had a nightmare and he painted this, this painting in a trance and didn't remember doing it. And I think, I don't know, it, they, they set that up almost like that was something meant to be bigger and then it didn't go anywhere. So I kept waiting there at the end when the alien was trying to drag her through the studio and she was grabbing the painting, which clearly the easel that it was on was bolted to the floor because he was like really pulling on her leg a lot and she was hanging on to it and it didn't move. Um, but I kept thinking, okay, so when she pulls the canvas down, it's going to be a picture of something, probably Art the Clown, because she did say initially that it was the face. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And maybe the alien's going to recognize him or something like that's going to be what scares the alien off right mm-hmm. no no that's not what happened nothing you just, just zoomed in on it and you're like yep it's art yeah that's that's the guy he's here which to be fair that is a creepy fucking painting like i don't know that it's something i would want in my house in the middle of the night no. um because it would scare the shit out of me um whoever does though the, that artwork for him is it's brilliant like it looks like very real to life it's very vivid um so but it just didn't, it never panned out. And so, like I said, basically you just kind of have this girl and this alien kind of having this showdown in her house and nothing really comes of it. There's, yeah. I honestly don't remember how that episode ended. That's the only thing I remember was that he drag, drug her off and you see a close up the, of the painting and that's it. Yeah. But I think what makes this ridiculous for most of us is the alien himself because the first thing that I noticed was, is that dude wearing like a wetsuit and an alien mask and scuba steve and yeah and like just random hoses like it didn't it didn't 
I don't know. When I think of like the classic gray, I think of stuff like... Um, South Park. Well, yeah. Um, and Fire in the Sky and, um, oh, hell, even Dreamcatcher to some degree. Um, and I don't know. This just felt... I don't know. I can't... I think this is pretty much my summary of the entire movie. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> don't know what to think about it. And it had these like weird like belly dancing dance moves. Like I'm just kind of swaying in the S shape side it, to it side. It did a lot of the wacky waving and flailing yes. arm man. Yes. Like, ar- like it did arm waves. Like, yeah. Like it should have been in like an 80s. Like walk like emo, an Egyptian. Emo band <laughs> music video or something. Yeah. I don't know. And then the other thing, and and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, was the lead. I don't remember what her character's name was. She was annoying AF to me so bad. Because here's the thing. I get being scared. I, bet I get being creeped out. But she was probably the whiniest person in the entire movie. And I have to preface this with there are children in this movie. There are bratty kids in this movie. Sorry, her name is Kat. Catherine Callahan. Um, her, and her character's name was Carolyn. Yes. She was somehow managed to outshine the children in terms of being annoying. Because she would whine and she would cry, but it wasn't convincing. I didn't buy her being scared. I just... I don't know. She just fakey cried the entire time like, this alien's out to get me. And, and it was just, oh my God. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say Paris Hilton did a better job in House of Wax <laughs> than that lady did in this movie. <laughs> Is that bad? Uh, Is that a hot take? I, I don't know. Don't say hot take. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. It just, there's not much to say about it. It really didn't provide any substance. I don't feel like there were any stakes. Um, you know, at least in the first story, there's like a pregnant woman. So you're going, oh shit, you know, that's something. But in this one, it was just like, I don't know. And here's the thing. I'm afraid of aliens. I'm not afraid of monsters, but I am afraid of aliens. I have had multiple nightmares about aliens and this alien was laughable. <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident that if that alien showed up in our house i would just push him out of the way and go get some water that was the thing it also seemed like the easiest thing to defeat in the world because i kept sitting there thinking why don't you take a bat to that thing yeah like (laughs) or just walk around him nothing (laughs) nothing at all intimidating about this alien i just be like what the fuck get out dude get out (laughs) how did you get in here get out of my house It would be like catching like a little kid in your house. I'm calling your parents. Get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What but... about the third one? So the third one I have mixed feelings about. So I love Art the Clown. He has steadily become one of my favorite uh, boogeymen ever. However, and again, with all due respect to da- Damien Leone, because I think he's he's absolutely a wonderful human being. I also call this one uh, Who Hurt Damien Leone? Because... <laughs> His treatment of this character is baffling to me. Like, it feels so angry. Like, like almost incel amount of angry at women in... It gives me mixed feelings on it because while, again, they set up all the things about Art the Clown that are so great and there are some sequences in there of him, like um, him on the side of the road holding up that circus sign that are fucking creepy. Like he is legitimately creepy, but I don't like the way her character was. I don't, I didn't like her end, her demise. I thought that was really fucked up and... I was like, as a woman, I don't know that I would agree to this. And then listen, this is not me trying to be a prude because the 80s slasher is my favorite genre. I mean, of all. And, and, you know, it's always been put down for its treatment of women, which I have disagreed with thoroughly over the years, claiming that guys actually get it worse than the girls do. And the girls typically are the heroine more often than not. But in this one, it just felt very mean spirited, I guess. It, It felt and you know for somebody who loved terrifier 2 this felt more over the top than that somehow yeah so all right so he's been accused of that before um but he got into he's a horror fan because his mother was a horror fan okay 
Okay. And introduced him to it when he was young. And he's named Damien after the character from The Omen. Oh, nice. Apparently. Um, but he's, this is not the first time he, he has been accused of uh, that his movies are misogynistic. But he says he was raised by women who also love the horror genre and he wants the audience to root for his female protagonists. However, he suspects that viewers have a subconscious subconscious tendency to be on the bad guy's side. Mm. So I think the more extreme the violence is, the more likely you are to be on the woman's side or the protagonist's side. Right. Because it's it's hard to see something like what happens at the end of the third installment and still be on Art's side in this. Right. Um, but at the same time, she's screwed. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, as much as I love Art the Clown, it's more of his, it's more of David Howard Dorn's portrayal than anything else. I love his manic performance and the joy that he brings to that character. And I mean, I know a lot of, there's a lot of people who love the clown, killer clown genre. But to me, there was no scary clown really since Tim Curry. And so I was excited to have somebody make me afraid of clowns again. You know what's crazy? Tim Carey played the scariest clown I've ever seen in my damn life and that was made for TV. Right. Up until Art the Clown. Yeah. But Art the Clown's scary as hell. I think I think I got the part that threw me was were the words that were carved into her body. That yeah. felt angry. It it did. <laughs> It did. So that's that's the that's the problem that I have. It's like okay, you know, whatever. He killed it. He killed split the chick, you know, from from pussy to throat with a hacksaw. But he wasn't like calling her the c word or a pig or a slut. And that's kind of like uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. <laughs> maybe went, maybe I'm out on a, on a limb by myself no, on this. No, he went all the way in that segment. He was like, "How far can we take it? That far? Okay. Yeah. We're gonna go one more. Yeah. And he he did. I don't know. I don't understand it necessarily either. It, it was extreme. I was not prepared for that. Right. When that came on to screen, like, so in the beginning you see them carving out all the, the title card, right, in skin. I was not prepared for that to show back up mm-hmm. and it be the protagonist of the last installment. Right. So. I think later on, you know, in Terrifier and Terrifier 2, I think Art went more equal opportunity with his victims. And that's not to say he didn't have any male victims in this original short because he went to town on a couple of guys well one at least the gas station attendant but i don't know it just it just rubs me the wrong way i'm sorry like again i'm not trying to be a dick i'm not trying to be a prude it just it felt very wrong <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm not i'm not disagreeing i, I it was it was a shock to yeah. see it that um, being said i would say that overall in horror movies you're right the guys kind of get the shaft most of the time and the women always last longer the women always outlast the men in horror movies and i think it's because the men don't run away fast enough okay well the women are usually like we're getting the fuck out and the guy's like i'll take care of this and he's dead (laughs) or the guy's kind of dumb and they're usually like oh there's nothing going on here and the girl's usually like no there's something paul there's somebody in this fucking room (laughs) i'll go check out the sound in the basement yeah well there's nothing going on here little lady don't be afraid and you know but uh no but that that all being said that that all be all gotten out of the way there is still a lot to love about this segment. I, I I mean, maybe it's just a personal preference, but I will always love that 80s grindhouse aesthetic uh, down to the like old film filter they have overlaying it. I, I love that. I'm a sucker for it. We skipped the wraparound story. Yeah, I feared we would we would get to it. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, no, I I think the look of it is great. I love the score to it, which I'm not sure if I'm right or not, but I feel like it's kind of the same one they use in Terrifier, Terrifier Two. That kind of I don't I don't even know what you would call that, but it either way, I think the score is tremendous. It's very Stranger Things. Sort of. I was gonna say it had some synth to it, but yeah. um, and we heard a review that they were complaining about it that it didn't have a consistent soundtrack. I like how they did it. And and there was a complaint that it um, there were times in, in, in all the segments where there wasn't just no sound mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of dig that. See, I was going to say... something kind of eerie about nothing. I was no going to say... No auditory stimulus. When, um, when John Carpenter first was, was showing people Halloween, they would say, oh, well, this movie's just boring. But then when he brought his score in, they were like, oh, th- that made it so much more scarier. Having said that, something there's something about when you have those moments of 
silence, it makes it more tense to me almost because you start doing that. Did I hear that? Was that something in this room? Was that something outside or was it the movie? Your mind starts playing tricks on you. And so to me, that kind of enhances it a little bit. I do like a good score, but those moments of silence, particularly if it's something as stressful as this situation, I kind of dug that. It didn't didn't take me out of it at all. Yeah, I was saying, I I just, I disagree with that because I think there's times where silence is appropriate Mm -hmm. in a film and it can enhance it. You don't necessarily have to have a consistent score. And with, like you were talking about the grindhouse theme of the movie or the aesthetic of the film, I feel like the score fit that really well. Mm -hmm. So I I don't have any complaints about the music. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I I love the just kind of balls to the wall. We're going to, we're going to really go out there and push everything and put, take it as far as we can with, you know, with the gore and, and uh, Art the Clown, I love that he is not, even though he does have trademarks now, I love that he's inconsistent with his methods. I think that there's something very scary about that, that is he going to come at me with this makeshift cat of nine tails, or is he just going to shoot me in the face with a gun? Like, I love that he's like that. You know, he does. he's not just... Um, Relegated, relegated to a knife hand or a machete or a butcher knife. Like he has an arsenal and I love that. Well, we, okay. So Michael and Jason both have used improvised weapons to kill with. But at no point are you ever going to see one of them just pull out a pistol. No. And there's something funny and scary about Art doing that at the same time. So I... When he just Indiana Joneses them. That's what I was going to say. I told you off mic that there was something about him pulling out the gun and shooting the guy in the face in the car that felt like the guy, you know, waving his sword around and Indy just pulling out his gun and like, fuck this. Yeah. I don't have time for this. Very Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. That was just great. And... You know, maybe uh, maybe some people out there don't agree with our monsters using a gun, but I thought there was something just so sarcastic about it. Just like, oh, I, I just don't give a shit. I'm just going to pull this out. I don't have time for you. I've got, I'm trying to get this bitch over here, he was, not you. He was totally over it. Yeah. In that moment. <laughs> and the cat and tails weapon he has is so scary. Um, I don't really recall anybody outside of Passion of the Christ using one of those. Um, I could be wrong, but using rusty, dirty, skeevy implements on that thing and the damage that it inflicts every time he sends it across somebody, like I, you feel it every time. I mean, because it's not like, I mean, yes, some of the some of the implements do cause damage, but there's others that do shallow cuts or you know stuff that's not that serious but it's like a paper cut you know is not going to feel anything like a gunshot wound but at the same time a paper cut hurts so fucking bad and it's like okay what's worse getting shot or getting something chopped off or just getting cut repeatedly with little shallow cuts you know it almost feels like waterboarding or something yeah. it's very torturous well his 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 whip changes <clears throat> Um, from movie to movie. And this one, he had like, what, a couple of scalpels on there. I think it was like some rusty nails. He had a butcher knife on there this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say I saw a used syringe mm-hmm. on this one. But yeah, just, you're going to get hit with everything. Yeah. And then let's not forget that he will fucking eat you. He'll eat your face. He will eat your face. He will eat your legs. Like, I think we've seen him just take a chomp out of <laughs> any random part now. Um, and then, you know, going going on later into the series, he'll make a mana lantern out of you. Like, the dude just has such an ever-changing array of how he will fuck your entire day up. I think that's what makes art scary is that he doesn't have boundaries. Like, there's not even something specific that you would say in this situation he's going to do this. It's just whatever. Yeah. He's, he's anarchy. Yeah. And I, I know we've we've kind of been harping on him for just a minute, but even though I think that uh, Mike Ginelli's performance is different flavor-wise from David Howard Thornton's, you can still see the bones of what he would become later. Like I said, there there's a thing that he does both actors do this where he can be laughing and pointing his finger and then all of a sudden he just stops just stops dead it reminds me of that scene in um hereditary where tony collette is standing there screaming in horror and then all of a sudden her face just goes blank and it's so scary and he does the same thing where he can look so happy and gleeful in one second and then the next 
I you just want to fucking run. Like he is so. I mean, like the the name Terrifier is absolutely appropriate for me because the dude is legitimately terrifying to me. And I'm not one of those people that's afraid of clowns. But if I would, this would be the one. <laughs> that that being said, I would very much like a tattoo of him wearing his sunflower sunglasses somewhere on me. <laughs> <laughs> we have looked everywhere for those and have not been able to find a pair yet. Uh, they have them on Etsy, but th- I really wanted them from Texas Frightmare so much more. Yeah. Um, but you, I don't, I guess the Ninth Circle came first before Terrifier, maybe, because you could see also that the makeup was inconsistent because something about him in the Ninth Circle, he didn't look threatening at all. He looked like just an everyday mime. He looked a lot more human. Yeah. Um, I like him better when he's got those sharp cheekbones and the super pointy chin and the big witch's nose. Um, However, one of the things that they had in this film that I was really glad they brought back in Terrifier 2 was the use of the glowing eyes. That was something that I thought was really creepy because when he drugs that chick in the train station and she's starting to fade and she looks over at him and his eyes are glowing. Oh, super creepy. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, So... I do have one question, though, for Mr. Leon, who's probably never going to listen to this show. Why does our monster have a fascination with poop? I have to know this. Why not? (laughs) Why not? I don't understand why he's had this story repeat of Art the Clown having to make, quote, cave paintings (laughs) everywhere he goes. Like, this was something I remembered my little brother doing when we were kids. And to add insult to injury, it was a freshly painted wall. (laughs) And it always makes me think of that instance. (laughs) So I think that pretty consistently, and in almost every situation, Art does whatever the most disgusting thing is that you can think of in that place, in that moment, right? Yeah. What's the most disgusting thing you can do in a bathroom? I mean, that's fair. I just don't get it, you know? I don't either, but it's hilarious. (laughs) It's because we were watching um we were watching Terrifier 2 last night and it's the scene where he's uh I, I want to call her dreadlocked girl but she was the best friend of the main uh our main antagonist or uh, protagonist Sienna it was her best friend but I can't remember what her name is and he it was a scene where he like kills her with acid in the bathroom and I remember thinking I didn't want to look very hard at the walls or what was in the sink or the toilet because that bathroom makes this bathroom bathroom from Saw look like the bathroom out of a five-star hotel. <laughs> he clearly had been at work on that one for a while. I guess that was his Sistine Chapel. Oh, he was uh, he was painting his masterpiece. The shit chapel. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. God, so nasty. <laughs> yeah, he'd gone a few rounds in that bathroom. <laughs> so uh, I guess we can talk about the wraparound story now. Um, it's okay. I it do, I don't feel like it was very eventful up until maybe those last 10, I don't even know if it was 10 minutes, maybe the last five minutes of the film. Up until then, it was just very, I felt like they were kind of trying to repeat this Laurie Strode thing. I'm the good babysitter and, you know. See, that's what I thought too. When it came on, I was like, oh, cool. They watched Halloween. Yeah, we've got we've got a Lindsay and a Tommy here. You know, we're watching old movies on the on the TV, or in this case, public, you know. (laughs) Night of the Living Dead, we all know the story. But there wasn't anything I felt like to write home about. Uh, The performances were fine. Um, What? Wait, performances were fine. Which movie did you watch? (laughs) We'll talk about it more here in a minute, but... Um, kids are kids. I, I mean, nowadays you have a lot of kids that, that have really stepped their game up and have become some really great little thespians, but it's still at the end of the day, it's still kids. And that's kind of a mixed bag, I feel like, but I've definitely seen worse child actors than these. As a matter of fact, the kid in Terrifier 2 is better than these kids. And so... That's, I don't know that that's saying a whole lot. I mean, the kid did great. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw shade or anything. I'm just saying that with kids, I feel like you get pretty inconsistent performances. Um, But I will say the last three to five minutes of that, of the wraparound story were really, really great. So basically all you have is that these kids have gone trick-or-treating and somebody slipped an old VHS in one of their bags and our shorts all came from this VHS tape which looks like it's just a collection of snuff films. So it's kind of like a movie called VHS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But, you know, the babysitter, she's trying to do the right thing. and like, I don't know if it's okay for you to watch this. Um, And then sends them to bed. And she's talking about, oh, why am I watching this? But she keeps on watching it, which I I get that. You know, I've watched Faces of Death, too. So (laughs) you you did that with Tales from the Hood because it used to scare you to death. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, she like she was saying, why am I watching this? Because it's garbage. Oh, yeah. Uh, And but I get that thing of um, maybe it'll get better. Maybe there's going to be some redeeming quality and i guess that could be said for this film itself except i feel like terrifier is its redeeming quality so the difference is there's a payoff at the end of this one yes but i know what you're talking about because i have watched movies before too that you spend the whole time thinking it's going to get better it has to get better description i watched the trailer and it's got to get better at some point and then it never does and at the end you're pissed off you're like Mm -hmm. i've been cheated no movie the movie was bad the whole time and you you knew it you thought about it and you watched it anyway right yeah but yeah she just goes through and she watches these shorts and same thing she starts getting the the creepies and um these kind of little random occurrences start happening where she's hearing things the kids are hearing things but, you know, it doesn't really pay off until the end when art starts to break the fourth wall. And to me, this is some of the creepiest shit in the film. Again, this was the part of the movie that actually kind of gave me the creeps. Uh, and I don't think Travis mind saying it gave him the creeps, too. Um, there's something about him walking up to the glass of that TV and looking directly at her and beating on the glass that is scary. And I don't know why, but it just is. See? that was scary but for me it's when it shows her reflection in it and he's sitting on the couch behind her yeah I'm like oh shit yeah but then when she looks he's not really there uh huh so is he a ghost what is our claim? I don't know but I agree like it's worth it's worth sitting through the whole thing for the last seven minutes yeah and then it goes back into mean spirited territory with the dispatching of the children because even though and let's be fair the dummies are not the best looking for the children it, it's still a thing for me that in horror films I don't like them to go there at all i don't i prefer to not see children get killed so it it, for me it's like children and dogs like i can't (laughs) you know so but again they went for it they they gave no shits and it's so i actually have to have a little bit of respect for that i felt the same way because i kept thinking the the babysitter she's gonna go upstairs and she's gonna look the kids are gonna be there and then art's gonna grab her right Mm -hmm. no he went there damien killed them kids yeah and when i saw it i'm like that's fucked up but i respect it yeah like he he just did it I do like, too, that there's the whole thing where we're seeing the film, you know, normally the way it's shot. But the second she goes up those stairs, it goes into grindhouse territory. Now she's in the film. That was a really, that was a really cool, uh, cool edit. Um, But anyway, let's talk about special effects, which I know we've kind of already done just a little bit. Um, Again, I feel like they're in varying degrees. I like... I like what we ended up with with Art. His look, I'm not a huge fan of how he looked to begin with. So I was glad that they they changed that. Um, Some of the gore is really good, um, particularly in Terrifier. And some of it's not so good, as we've discussed already with the alien story and uh, the Night Circle. But I... I So I keep reading people's opinions on gore in film. And I'm one of those people that likes gore. I'm a gore hound. I can't help it. I I love some splatter. And, you know, I mean, I'm somebody that watches Peter Jackson films and trauma and um, shit. Who who did we just do with fucking um, Hennenlotter, Frank Hennenlotter? I love that shit. I, I eat it up. But I know a lot of people out there are just like, if you think that gore's, you know, gore's entertaining, then there's something wrong with you. You're psychotic. And I'm like, okay, maybe. I would agree with that. <laughs> that, that you are. <laughs> but I think when it worked, it worked. And when it didn't, it didn't. Yeah. I just, I'm not really a gore hound, I just, but I respect the skill that it takes to do that. Yes. And clearly Damien Leone is highly skilled uh, at what he does. And you know what's crazy is that he doesn't have an extensive filmography, really, which means that he's just good. He's just got a talent for it. And you don't really see it in this film. Um, you see a little bit of it in Terrifier 1, but really the showcase is Terrifier 2, mm-hmm. you know, when it's like, oh, and we watched it behind the scenes uh, mm-hmm. on the making of that one. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. He's like Tom Savini's protege. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really good. He is really good. I don't, I 
don't think he gets enough credit for what he can do, especially on a shoestring budget. Yeah, but I don't necessarily feel like there was anything in this movie that was a great showcase of what he can do. I think in Terrifier there was. It was okay. But it was was okay. Um, But it wasn't. He didn't take it to eleven at any point. You need to see that girl get mangled and scalped in her bedroom. No. no, no. (laughs) Well, the kids maybe. Um, (laughs) No, it was it was good. It was good. But again, you could tell that he was he was playing on a budget, Mm -hmm. and I I think he did a fantastic job with what he had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we just talked about it a second ago. The acting for me was very miss. So I think the best actor in the whole movie never said a fucking word. I agree. I completely agree with that sentiment. The only person, (laughs) the person with no lines was the best actor in the film. Now, the babysitter, because she would obviously go on to have a role in Terrifier, also as a a news reporter, whatever you call her, talk show host. Um, I don't think she was horrible. She's not great by any means, but she didn't do a bad job. Um, The kids, again, to varying degrees, you get what you get. But, you know, Chicken the Alien segment was god awful. The girls in the night circle were not great. (laughs) Well, I guess we go back to budget on that. You know, sometimes you really want Leo, (laughs) but you can only afford me. So (laughs) I'm what you get. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not Leo. Uh, but yeah, it was, I, I guess when we get to final ratings and stuff, that's going to kind of play a part in how I feel about it. Um, we've already talked about the score. I think it's great. I love it. It's used when it's not used. Um, so I guess that kind of takes us into quote, kill and scene. Uh I don't have a quote. I don't think I do either. I, I watched this film. This was the second time I watched it in about a week. And really like listening to the dialogue and thinking, all right, so what's my favorite quote? What's my favorite line? There's not any. Like, there's I have not. Some, there's some stuff that Art does that I think is pretty great when mm-hmm. he's like giggling at people or doing the little finger wave thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not really, I mean, I guess I'll quote him right now. <laughs> Everybody hear that? He's a little finger wave. So it, I guess I'll cheat here. Um, it's not necessarily a, a quote, but if Art was going to talk, this would be as good a response as any. But the gas station attendant comes out there like, what do you, like, you think you could just go into places and shit all over the walls or whatever? And he just like starts wiggling his fingers at him. Yeah, like, and he's nodding and laughing. <laughs> like like he's salad fingers wanting, talking about wanting to play with his rusty spoons or something. I don't know. It's, it, was, it was pretty funny. Um, let's see. Kill. Kill's tough. I think I'm going to go with the guy that he shoots in the face in the car. Just because I found that hilarious. Um, I can't in good conscience, even though it was probably the most creative in Vicious Kill, being the girl at the end of Terrifier. I can't in good conscience pick that one. But I, I really found the guy getting shot in the face funny because it just came out of nowhere. You didn't you didn't expect that. Um, you never expect your movie monster to do a drive-by on somebody. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Scene. I think it's going to be that thing, the the, the breaking of the fourth wall with, in the TV. I think that's going to be my favorite. So I think my favorite kill is going to be the gas station attendant. That was he, pretty when rough. He, when he was just remembering him yeah. in there. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like the effects were really well done. And he was just having such an awful good time <laughs> cutting that guy's head off with a hacksaw. <laughs> and she walks in and she's like, what? And he looks up and he's just smiling and sawing away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. What was it Doc said in his review? She just casually drives away. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, all right, yeah. I'm going to leave you to it. And just gets in her car and drives yeah. off. Yeah. Um, favorite scene I think is going to be the reflection in the TV because mm-hmm. that was a shock for me like as soon as art pops up in the TV where it's just like you think it's it's a shot of an empty room and then he pops out from behind the pole looking at the TV you can like okay here he comes mm-hmm. right but when she turns it off and he's sitting on the couch behind her I was like oh shit yeah because <laughs> that was I, di- I didn't expect that mm-hmm. didn't expect him to be there so I think that's probably my favorite favorite scene okay uh marry fuck or kill <sighs> that's not nice that is not a nice not, no not a nice question ask me uh i'm gonna go with fuck i guess because it's not a mary because it's another one that i don't keep in regular rotation it's not another one that i couldn't imagine never watching again it's not a trapped on a deserted deserted island you can only take one movie with you type of film um but i do like to pop it out from time to time and and just have fun with it It, it's it's a fun kind of turn your brain off splatter fest and sometimes that's that's just a fun thing to do so fuck for me i'm just gonna go with a quickie i get a quickie for me so it's a, a fuck then. Yeah, but only for, <laughs> only for the last eight minutes. 
<laughs> so yeah, I think so. I don't want to kill it because the last that last bit is the best part, um, and that gives you the arc clown that everybody knows and loves. Mm-hmm. So I can't kill it, but I don't have to live with that for the rest of my life. So <laughs> yeah, it's like had too many to drink, need to call somebody. <laughs> I guess I don't know. All right. So what are your what are your final thoughts? What do you love? Hate? Um, I love Art the Clown. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to do hate. I don't know that I hate it. I I just feel like. Okay, it would like been, and dislike? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm having, I, I have a hard time with that. I like Art the Clown. Everything else, again, I just kind of write it off to the budget. Like, I have a hard time criticizing when I know they had nothing to work with. Right. And so I don't want to throw rocks when rocks was all they had to make a movie out of. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I got this knife. Like, it's you. a good knife. Here's some more rocks. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I just, and I don't want to, I don't want to be the one throwing stones about it, I guess. So. Okay. You're too nice. I am. <laughs> you're not. No, I'm not. Um, Same thing. What I love about it, namely, is Art the Clown. I, I think without this, we don't get what we have now, which is that we are on the cusp of having Terrifier 3, which I'm so fucking excited for. Um, okay. Do you think it's badass that the only way to see the trailer right now is to go watch it again in theaters? No. Really? I think it's really cool. I think it's cool that Damien Leone is so heavily involved with the fans that he wants to give us these treats and stuff. But I'm like, damn it. I want to, I want to be the person that like pulls up YouTube and it's just there <laughs> the day of release. Like I need instant gratification. <laughs> like I've already seen this movie. I don't want to watch it again to watch a trailer. <laughs> But I would watch it again to watch the trailer. Yeah. But um anyway, um going back to what I was saying, I I do love the grindhouse aesthetic about it. Like it even starts in the title card where you get the the letters all hell's eve. It actually reminded me of Nightbreed's title crawl. Um where it's kind of um scrolling across the screen side to side and you can see images in the letters. I thought that was really fucking cool. So I appreciated that I got to see that again here. Um so I love that vibe of it. I love that aesthetic of it. Um, dislike wise, I guess it's going to be just a lack of consistency for me. It feels hodgepodged together. And I understand, you know, not having much of a budget and kind of doing the best you can with what you have. But it makes it it makes the pacing all herky jerky for me. And so that does tend to take me out of it just a little bit to the point where I'm like, oh, I kind of just want to fast forward through a couple of these segments and get to the good shit, you know? So, but overall, I still think it's a great movie. I, I like just kind of seeing the birth of Art the Clown, if if nothing else, you know? Well, hopefully in Terrifier 3, we do get to see the birth of Art the Clown. Well, technically, we already saw his birth at the end of Terrifier 2. Yeah, but that was kind of like his rebirth. <laughs> I want to see where he came from, but yeah. All right. So, uh... I think everybody should watch it. There you go. There's my final thought. I can't say that. I can't say that. Um, I, I think that there are varying degrees of horror fans out there. You've you've got your your fans that like something a little bit more thought provoking and cerebral. You like your pe- or you have your people like me that's kind of more into that slasher golden era um, where there's a real hero and a real protagonist having a showdown. Um, and then you do have some of us that just like a good fun splatter fest. So this is not one that I would suggest to everybody i would say that if you have delicate sensibilities probably best to steer clear this is not entry level horror see i would recommend this extra to the people with delicate sensibilities just because they have no idea what's coming (laughs) it would be hilarious yeah this is not safe horror it's not entry level um i could see people getting really upset by it so um, no i can't i can't suggest it to everybody however if you are like me and you just like your shit balls to the wall then yeah absolutely check it out if if you're a fan of art the clown and you have not seen all hallows eve absolutely go check it out so anyway so now comes the portion of the episode where we are going to share a fun halloween 
story. And the second one that I have picked out occurred a couple of years ago. Um, so Travis decided, well, actually, it what it started out as was I had seen a Michael Myers mask at Party City. I think that's right. And I wanted one so bad because I, I'm not a person that has like a lot of busts or masks or anything. I have just a lot of random toys. And I, I wanted to start a legitimate mask collection, right? So I had talked Travis kind of into it. He wasn't completely sold. But I said, what if you just dress up as him? Then it's not like it's just sitting on a shelf, you know, all the time, which it is, to be fair, currently doing. Um, <laughs> but it's in good company with Sam and Ghostface <laughs> and <laughs> Jason and Dr. Wolfila. So, you know, it's it's in good company. But uh, Travis kind of went along with it. Okay, fine, we'll do it. And is this the mask from 2018? Or is uh, this from Halloween 2? I can't remember. I think it's 2018. Um, anyway. So I, don't even, I don't even know where it is. It's right in now. our bedroom. Um, I like to look at my monsters when I have my alone time. But uh, anyway, so he got his uh, he got his uh, his jumpsuit and the mask and uh, he decided that it would be the perfect day to go fuck with our children, right? So we just happened to have a perfect Haddonfield bush ledge or hedge <laughs> ledge hedge right beside our house. So he got Aiden. He stood he stood behind the behind the hedge and kind of creeped out the same way he does in the movie. And Aiden was, you know, Aiden will have his earbuds in and he'll be looking at the ground, trudging home from school, not paying attention to a damn thing. And so we kept thinking, any minute now, any minute now, any minute now. And the kid just would not look up to save his life. And I'm there cackling like an idiot, holding up my phone, desperately trying to get Aiden's reaction. And Aiden finally looks up and it's like, Dad! <laughs> So, but funnier than that was probably what we did to London. Um, so we had picked up Isabel from school and me and Travis, of course, in the front, Isabel in the back. And I had downloaded um, John, Carp John Carpenter's original theme. And so we pulled up to the middle school, rolled the windows down, had the theme blasting and Travis, is, he rolled his window. Yeah, I, I think I already said he rolls the window down. I'm sorry, I'm getting flustered. Um, just sitting there in same thing we could see London starting out of the middle school not paying attention and then all of a sudden she looks up and she looks right at Travis and she sighs and puts her head down <laughs> but she just froze for a second she had that deer in the headlights look like damn it those are my parents <laughs> But other kids, when they when when we were still waiting in line to get up there, were like they weren't paying attention, and then they'd see me sitting in the passenger seat and like swing wide around the jeep. Yes, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, it I did was. get a couple of thumbs up. <laughs> I think they could have been giving me the finger. I can't wear my glasses when I got the mask on, so I mean it could have been anything. But I feel like it was well received, except by London. Yeah, yeah. I just I'll I'll never forget that look on her face of just shit. <laughs> To her credit, though, she just came up and got in the Jeep. Yeah. She didn't run. I would have pretended I didn't know us and kept walking. <laughs> no, here's the thing. She wasn't mad. Let's just let's just say that. She wasn't mad. Um, she thought it was hilarious. But, you know, that was like once she got in the car, she started laughing. What are you guys doing? Oh, my God. You know, because London was just as big a horror fan as I am. So she ultimately thought it was funny. It was just that initial reac reaction of, oh, shit. <laughs> So no, the one where we got everybody was when we bought the big cardboard cutout. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And I took great delight in hiding it around the house in various places. Yes, it was great. <laughs> uh, which is sitting in our studio now. But um, anyway, so another happy Halloween story. Um, so next week we are coming back with a little more family friendly option. This time we are talking about Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Actually, he didn't direct it, but we'll get into that next week. But at any rate, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that and having a good time. It's another one that's universally loved in our house. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you there for that. And then that, after that will be our October episode of Pillow Talk. So, anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with us again, listening to his bullshit. And we'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Ashley. And I'm Travis. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dead and Married. A very special thank you to our patrons, William and Zena Rush of Original Cinematic, Gary Horton, 
Carissa, Kate Lamp, Karima Rhodes, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, and Renee Hunter Vasquez, John Paul Vasquez, and Travis Hunter of Podmortem. If you would like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash deadandmarried to find out how. Another special thank you to Alana Miller for composing Dead and Married's theme. You can find Alana's channel, Alana Llama, on YouTube. Check us out on X and Instagram at SpookyMom83 and TravisL80, respectively, as well as our official pages. Please consider rating and reviewing, and thank you again for your support.